Would you join your heart in prayer with mine? God, open our ears to hear what you have to say to us today. Open our minds to be willing to think like you, and open our hearts and allow them to be transformed by your love. This morning, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts are pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'm sure if you are like me, when you heard our scripture reading for today, you thought, well, that sounds familiar. We often hear parts of this passage being shared on Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day. And I'm sure for some of you, mainly the people sitting behind me, as soon as I started rattling off the words, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace, it was hard for you to not burst into song with the familiar tune from Handel's Messiah. This is a passage that is familiar to us, but I wonder if we actually pay attention to what it is saying, or if we just take the parts that sound good and we think we know what it says, and we go on with our lives. Isaiah was a prophet of the Lord, and prophets are people that come so close to God, and God comes so close to them that they know exactly what God wants them to do and wants them to say. As a prophet, Isaiah was called to share words of judgment with the people of God, and they didn't always like that, but, but he was also a prophet who shared words of hope. And our passage today is one of these moments where Isaiah is providing words of hope for the people of God to cling to. The book of Isaiah was written in a time of deep anguish for the people of God. The provinces in the two kingdoms were constantly being overrun and taken over by other groups. The people of God always seemed to be under threat in one form or another. The opening chapters of this book are filled with despair and heartbreak and hopelessness. Throughout their history, the people of God have found themselves in times of darkness. But with every new invasion and every new step that they were taking, when they were forced to walk out of their homelands and into exile, it seems like the light grew dimmer and the darkness grew stronger. In our own world today, there are examples of communal darkness or societal darkness around every corner, where oppression and injustice and infuriating acts of power seem to be winning every battle. Even when there are so many of us who are standing up and speaking up and crying out to the world to wake up to the unfair reality that so many of our siblings on this earth are facing, it just feels like nothing we say or do is enough. Just a few weeks ago, in one of our Beatitude sermons, Pastor Barrett listed about 30 different ways that our society and our world are failing those who need it most. The list that he offered in that sermon was overwhelming and heartbreaking and exhausting. But as he said, it was not an exhaustive list. There are so many places and situations where darkness seems to be taking over and choking out what little light we have to find. Sure, there are times when we see flickers of light and it feels like maybe we finally achieved something. But even then, sometimes the light grows dim again, and we are back where we were six months ago, or two years ago, or 50 years ago. How can we, 
today, hear these words of Isaiah, which were written for a specific group of people thousands of years ago, and still find ourselves being able to apply them to our own situation. Has nothing changed? Will anything ever be different? And if we are feeling this way, it is impossible for many of us to imagine how our siblings who are black and brown or our siblings who are part of the LGBTQ community or anyone who finds themselves being treated unfairly because of how they look, who they are, or how they live their lives must feel. There are some in this room who may have found themselves in unfair situations where they were treated unfairly or unjustly and where they struggled to find light in those situations. But for the majority of us in this room, we have no idea what it is like to live each and every day having to fight for your voice to be heard, for your personhood to be accepted. And you have no idea what it is like to hope and pray that change will finally happen, that our hopes become realities, and that these flickers of light will become blinding and no longer be ignored. Now, there are even places in our own personal lives, our personal places of darkness that we experience We might not be on the brink of invasion or being forced to move away from our homes, but we too find ourselves walking in places of darkness from time to time where it feels like there's no way that the light will ever come back. Whether it is because of broken relationships, struggling with an addiction, experiencing anxiety or depression, or our own feelings of inadequacy, or a host of any other reasons, many of us have felt at one time or another that darkness would surely win. The prophet Isaiah knows what it is like. He knows how we are feeling because he had his own personal struggles and challenges and felt overwhelmed. And I'm sure when he was speaking to the people of God about these moments of hope and these glimpses of light, it was exhausting and he wasn't sure how much longer he could do it. I like to imagine that when he is sharing these words of hope with the people of God, he is saying them so confidently and loudly because he needs to hear them for himself. Because not only does he know what it is like to face your own personal struggles and places of darkness, he knows what it is like to be a part of a community that has a long and immense history of suffering. He knows what it's like to be part of a people who are longing for deliverance. And despite all of the challenges that Isaiah was facing and that his community were up against, Isaiah still speaks with passion and confidence that God is present. When Isaiah speaks of light shining in the darkness, he is speaking of God's divine persistence. Isaiah refuses to let the experiences of exile and war and destruction be what wins. Isaiah knows that darkness and despair and hopelessness will not win out in the end. He knows and believes that the light of God will be what what guides God's people forward. When he speaks of the promise that we follow this light, no matter how dim or bright it is, he knows that we are moving into a, more deeply into the world that God envisioned us being a part of. And how will this vision come about? Through the arrival of a child. For unto us a child is born, the prophet says. What is a better symbol of hope than the arrival of a child? A child with endless opportunities before them, a chance to learn and grow and to live into the person that the prophet has proclaimed they will be. 
But then Isaiah gives characteristics and responsibilities to this child, like wonderful counselor and prince of peace, big, heavy expectations to be put on one person. One person would have a hard enough time just wearing one of these responsibilities, like prince of peace or everlasting father. And we're expecting this child to take on all of them. Even hearing this now, all these years later, and we know how the story ends, it still seems like a pipe dream, might seem a little unrealistic. But this is why Isaiah is the prophet, and I am not. Isaiah knows that when the people of God are hearing and longing to hear something, that they need to hear these big, unrealistic visions, ones that are filled with hope and light. And Isaiah knows that through God, these are not necessarily big, unrealistic visions, but these are possibilities. Not only does Isaiah speak of a divine persistence when speaking about the work of God in this world, he knows that as followers of God, we too are given the gift of divine persistence. In the midst of challenges and despair and uncertainty and darkness, God speaks through God's prophet and says, I've got this. One of my favorite quotes is a quote by Frederick Beekner, and it says this, here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Do not be afraid. Now, the first time I heard this quote, I sarcastically thought, well, this doesn't sound uplifting at all, but I must have been in a time in my life where darkness was winning and light seemed hard to find. Because now, when I read this quote, it is a quote that is filled with hope. And if we were to rewrite this quote through the lens of our passage today, I think it might sound something like this. Here's the world, light and darkness fill it. Do not be afraid, God's got this. Friends, I don't know where you find yourselves right now. You may find yourselves in a period of time where everything around you seems to be filled with bright and bursting light. You are resting confidently in the prophet's words and you know them to be true. Or maybe you are in a very different space where you are desperately grasping for the light, but you aren't sure where to find it. Or maybe things are going fine in your own life, but when you take a step back and you look out at the world, you aren't sure where to even begin and where to even carry the light where the world needs it most. Wherever you find yourself today, I hope that you can rest in this. Thousands of years ago, a prophet spoke words to a people that felt like darkness would consume them for generations to come. The prophet spoke about a people who were walking in darkness, who saw a great light. He spoke a word of hope, a word about a child coming onto the scene and the world being changed forever. A few generations after this prophet spoke, a child was born, and we read stories about how people from all walks of life visited him by following a bright light in the sky. About 30 years after this child was born, that child grew into a man and said to a group of people, I am the light of the world. Whoever walks with me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And a few thousand years after this man spoke those words, here we are, in this place, still wondering if the light that was spoken of all of those years ago by that prophet is still shining in the darkness. Friends, we have to be willing to believe that the answer to that is yes. 
We have to be willing to look for the light that signals the dawn, a light that reminds us that hope can always be found and that each day brings a new opportunity for the light to shine in the darkest of places. So may we always strive to be a people that are searching for the light we can see and believing in the light that we can only imagine. May we be a people who walk in the light and carry it with us to the places in our lives and to the world that need to see it most. May we be people of light. May it be so. Amen.